<laughs> Did I scare you? You are listening to Did I Scare You, the podcast that answers the only question that matters in horror film. I am your host, Jake Albrecht. And hi, I'm I'm Vin. I'm his brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you forgot who the co-host was there for a second. Yeah, you it's know, you. It's, it's been a long day. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. Well, I'll start off with a thank you to Rebel Escape Pod for letting us use their song Monster for the uh, intro there. Check them out on Spotify. Uh, this is the podcast where... Uh, we two brothers switch off picking movies for each other each week to try to scare the other one. Vinny, what is the name of the movie we list- we watched this week? So we watched Ty West's Devil House? Wait, no. That's nope, not, not it. De- Definitely not Devil House. You keep, you keep... House of... I want to actually be sure you didn't watch Devil House, did you? Wait. So is it going to be like the type of thing where like you're going to talk about this movie like it's Devil House? And, like, at first I'm going to be confused, but eventually it'll dawn on me and I'll just be very angry about it. No, we, we watched House of the Devil by Ty West. The House of the Devil, yes, which was released in 2010. Yeah, I also want to um, make a note that in the last episode you clearly exclaimed that this movie was available on Netflix, and that's a blind lie. This movie uh-huh. is not available on Netflix at all. It's actually available on Amazon Prime. The thing is, is that it was available on Netflix last month, and then it uh, it got moved to Amazon Prime. But still available for streaming. Check it out on Amazon Prime. Don't do it on Netflix. Not going to work out for you. No, it'll work out just like the way that I did. It, it a lot of <laughs> a lot of houses with devils, but not the movie that I was looking for. Vinny, can I tell you something personal about this movie that relates to us? Sure. Yeah, go for it. Are you familiar with Ty West's other film, The Innkeepers? No. Well, that was shot at the hotel in our hometown, Torrington, Connecticut. and Oh, oh the Yankee Peddler. That's right. While he was filming this movie, he stayed at the Yankee Peddler. Oh, I and, see. Uh-huh. So some a lot of this movie was shot in northwest Connecticut, uh, which I will get into. So. Oh, okay, okay. That's interesting. What we like to do normally on this podcast is uh, the person who picks the movie uh, goes through it, although there was a bit of a hiccup with that last week when uh, Vinny accidentally picked a documentary, but we're back on track, so uh, why don't we go ahead and start The House of the Devil. Vin, this movie opens with a title card that says, in the 1980s, over 70% of Americans believed in satanic cults. Oh, cool. Um, I missed that note. It's literally the first thing that planned. What do you mean you missed it? I guess I wasn't really paying attention. Just to be clear, you're saying literally seconds into the movie you were already pretty checked out? Yeah, maybe, I guess. Okay. (laughs) So, after the title card with that little tidbit, uh, we open on a farmhouse kitchen, and a girl is uh, being shown an apartment by this old lady uh, to rent and uh, she gets it but she makes clear while she's talking to the old lady that uh, she's a little bit short on cash like that's going to be a problem for her she's a little strapped 
Well, the other thing I should note is that this movie uh, takes place in the 1980s. It's uh, it was clearly made as like an ode to 1980s slasher movies. That's, That's great new- because I wrote in my notes that it felt like a 70s movie, <laughs> and maybe okay. if I read that uh, note in the beginning, that probably would have set my mind a little on the you know more right path. Yeah, that that would have been a tip off. Also, like <laughs> I guess if you were more familiar with some of the music, it, it would have been a dead giveaway too. Not for sure, for sure. Especially the the soundtrack in this movie was great. I, I really actually like the soundtrack to this movie. I definitely have a few notes about that that I'll get to uh, for a few key scenes later in the movie. Cool. Um, so here in the beginning, the landlady uh, she agrees to waive the security deposit because she mentions that the girl whose name is Samantha uh, reminds her of her daughter. And uh, then we got a pretty sweet, uh, I would say, John Carpenter-esque music on the opening credits. And uh, she's walking around on a college campus in the next scene. And do you know which college that is the campus of, Vinny? Um, I'm going to guess Central. That would be my alma mater, Central Connecticut State University. Wow, that was good. I'm batting a thousand. I was very excited about this the first time I saw this movie. But in the way I remembered it, I was just like, oh, yeah, there's just like... There's one scene where she's walking around like campus on Central. Uh, rewatching this movie, it's actually more like the first twenty minutes of the movie are all at Central. Yeah, they lingered a lot in campus, and there's also, for some reason, there's a scene where she's waiting outside, uh, and she takes like a nap on steps. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Uh, I don't weird. know either. It's like cold out. She's wearing mittens and a uh, winter coat and hat, and she's taking a nap outside. So I don't, she, I don't know. Well, I think that's probably related to uh, the issue she's having with her roommate, uh, which gets established pretty quickly. Right? They were she, they were fucking. Yeah, because when she goes back to her room, her roommate fucks. <laughs> yeah, they put the sock on the door, so that's pretty clear. And she's still not. Yeah, no, she, yeah, she did not respect the integrity of the sock. Yeah, that's law respect the sock yeah so uh when she uh, decides to abandon the room after uh encountering that issue uh she goes out to the board uh out in the middle of campus and she sees a babysitter notice there and uh she goes to a payphone which i should note does not actually exist on central's campus they probably had to bring that in but (laughs) uh and she calls the number on the payphone and then she gets this kind of robot voicemail which is strange to begin with and then she leaves a message, and then as she's walking away from the phone, uh, the phone rings back, and uh, there's a creepy dude calling on the other line. And uh, He definitely she... had some dark, creepy tones to him. Yeah, he just seems very shifty to begin with. <laughs> uh, he just offers to the job, like, straight out. He's like, hey, you know what? Wait right there. I'm coming to meet you. <laughs> so, in the meantime, she goes back to her room. And uh, after already being introduced to the uh, the fact that her roommate fucks too much, which I guess is an issue, <laughs> they show that her roommate is also, like, she, she's very messy. <laughs> There's also clothes everywhere. Her side of the room is gross. A lot of DIY posters hanging up on her side of the wall. You know, so, Jake, you said this was your alma mater. Mm-hmm. Were you stuck with a messy roommate when you were at Central? I would have to assume that I was the messy roommate. Oh, there you go. So we uh-huh. know so we know what character that you are best as in this movie. Yeah, my roommate, who I, I only knew briefly, and I used to call Smiling Ian, because he would just kind of smile and nod at everything. 
he kept his side of the room pretty clean, but he was also only there like uh, four days a week. He, he left to uh, work every weekend. Ah, I see, I see. Okay, um, and uh, she's heading back out to wait for the guy there with the clock chiming, and she drops her fucking Walkman VIN. That shit don't break, you know why? Because those Walkmans were built to fucking last. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I had CD players growing up, and those. Did you never have a Walkman? Really? No, no. I think I borrowed like yours or our sister's Walkman, but I mean, I I didn't really start collecting music until late middle school to like high school, and that was like CD players, and CD players suck. That's those interesting. Break all the time. So that's like the dividing line between like Walkman ownership is like the four years between our birth, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah, Walkmans may last for a very long time. CD players, not so much. No, no, CD players, especially back in the 90s, were uh, pretty rough. <laughs> uh, so ultimately, as she's waiting there in the cold, uh, the guy doesn't show. And, oh, is that uh, what we... she was doing then? When she was yeah. waiting outside? When she was, like, taking a nap, as you, like, oh. she was just laying down, like, waiting for the guy to show up. Alright, so you already had a little issue picking up what, what they were dropping here. Yeah, okay. No, that makes sense. That's why you're here. <laughs> to, to explain the movie you just saw to you? Yeah, about like 24 hours ago, yeah. Alright, I, I got enough notes. I bet I can get you there. That's great. <laughs> Alright, so we cut to the next scene, and she is having pizza with uh, Greta Gerwig with very feathered hair. Greta Gerwig, uh, you might know, or you might not, uh, is the writer and director of Lady Bird and uh, Little Women. Which just came out uh, this year. Nope. Oscar-nominated director and writer. That's okay. That's fine. That's fine. Nope. Haven't seen either of those movies. I've heard they were good. Okay. Maybe you saw her (laughs) in the Arthur remake with Russell Brand? Yeah. yeah, Actually, no. (laughs) That's spot on. Now I know what you're talking about. Okay. It it humiliates me a little bit that that's the way I had to relate it. Yeah, it wasn't a good movie. (laughs) No. All right, so she's having pizza with uh, Greta Gerwig, whose character name I'm not going to bother to mention this whole time. It's just, she's Greta Gerwig. She pretty much acts like Greta Gerwig does. Yeah, you know, the only person's name that I remember in this movie anyways is Sam's, so uh-huh. everybody else, I'm just like, yeah, it's that guy. That that guy and that girl. Right, it's like Skeletor, Lumberjack. <laughs> Beastman. Wig Lady. Yeah. And then, like, Witch Thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much the whole game. <laughs> yeah, it's not. That's all you really need to know. Yep. So um, I uh, want to remark that in this conversation that they're uh, they're eating pizza, Greta herself is like basically saying that the pizza is trash in this town, and I, <laughs> it's it's funny because this gets kind of brought up later in the movie too. So what's going on with the pizza in this town, Jake? Why is, why is pizza, why are they saying pizza in Connecticut's trash? Uh, I guess, like, pizza, like, outside of the New Haven area in Connecticut is maybe a bit dubious. There is a very strange focus on pizza in this movie. There's a lot of talk about pizza. There's a lot of, like, insistence about college kids and how much they like pizza. Yeah. It seems like an integral part of the story, for some reason, is, like, that they be having pizza. They be, and I guess if you, <laughs> the kids if you think, always be having pizza. About, yeah, I didn't think about this before, but, like, since this all takes place in one day, she had pizza for two straight meals. Yeah, she did. Well, I mean, she's a college kid. 
Right, right. And I guess later when she orders pizza, it's difficult to have anything else delivered to you in, in Northwest Connecticut. That's, yeah, I guess so. You could maybe get lucky with Chinese, but like other than, I mean, like there wasn't DoorDash back then. No, it was 2010. Well, no, 1980. Right. <laughs> Anyways, go on. Uh, so they're basically, they're talking about money. Uh, obviously, uh, Samantha is worried about getting enough money for the apartment. And uh, she's disappointed the babysitting thing didn't work out. And Greta Gerwig suggests that uh, she just goes back, tears down those fucking posters, then nobody else will get that job too. I thought that was kind of a dumb plan because I was like, what if someone else called already? You don't yeah, fucking know. No, then you just look like an asshole. <laughs> I mean, they, like you're pretty much just throwing out their trash for them at that point. <laughs> it's like, done and done. <laughs> like, thank you. <laughs> Uh, looks like I could go back to uh, my uh, my my whole deal here. All right, so uh, I also wanted to note that Gerwig lights up in the restaurant as they're as they're going, <laughs> which I guess is a pretty eighties that way to leave a place. I wonder if like everyone in the nineteen eighties is like, of course, as I leave a restaurant, I'm going to light up a cigarette. I wouldn't know. I wasn't well. I was born in eighty nine, but you know, I didn't come yeah. out of the womb smoking a cigarette. Yeah, then you're part of your fourth decade now. That. Uh, I feel old. Alright, so we're back to her room, and uh, because apparently her roommate doesn't have enough vices, she snores too. Because they're like really dead set on establishing why she needs her own place. Oh. Because that's like really going to justify everything that happens later. It's like, you can't be like, well, it's not just that she fucks. It's not just that she's messy. It's not just that she snores, and it's not just that she does cocaine. So if it wasn't at least, like, you know, the cocaine, and if it wasn't the snoring, definitely the fucking, I guess, right? I don't, which would, in your opinion, is the worst one in a roommate? I mean, cocaine. Yeah, that's pretty bad. It is a felony in your room. Yeah, it's pretty fu- I mean, like, come on, man. You're in college? Do you get, like, snatched up with that? Like, they're gonna kick both of you out, not just one person, and be like, this was this person's cocaine, clearly. I feel like the fucking is a little rough, too, because then there's, like, unexpected times you don't have access to your room. Because who knows when the mood's going to strike, Fed? I mean, didn't you at one point in your life say you wanted to write a an autobiography titled <laughs> To Find a Place to Fuck? No, no, it was, it, it, was, it was a quiet place to fuck, and it was inspired by two teenagers that we saw going to town and with the at each other at a screening of uh the Joseph Gordon Levitt movie The Walk. Oh yeah, you're <laughs> uh, that's, hey, the, Ray. that's the perfect movie to try to fuck to. <laughs> so she's uh Samantha's a little <laughs> Samantha's a little overwhelmed by all this, so she goes to the bathroom to cry, and for some reason she turns on all the faucets in the bathroom and I don't really get why. Yeah, I didn't really understand that either. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, who fucking cares if they hear you crying? Cry is that out. what it is? Do you think it's like she's like, I don't want anyone to hear me crying, so... Maybe she doesn't want to hear herself cry. I don't know. I think that it's probably more embarrassing to be the weirdo who turns on all the faucets in the bathroom. I mean, like, if you turn on all the faucets when you go in the bathroom, someone's definitely going to think something is fucking up. Yeah, no, like, you'll go in and you'll be like, clearly this girl's not crying. However, she's wasting water for no reason. 
Yeah, that's fucked up. I mean, but this is 1980, so I don't think they cared about that kind of shit back then. I just feel like even if her plan goes perfectly, that maybe the cover-up is worse than the crime. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, don't be embarrassed about your cries, folks. Yeah, no, just let them out. Uh, so she goes back, and the roommate's not completely a bad roommate because she did manage to take a message for her. She took the most important message. She got a hold yeah. of the babysitter. Although, I guess, considering how it works out, maybe it would have been better if she let this one go. But, uh, so the the guy had called back, and uh, she calls him back from her room, and uh, he's uh, he's got some excuses ready to go for why he didn't come to pick her up. And he's basically like, well, I had another girl queued up, but uh, she didn't work out, so I'm willing to settle. So, how you do? Yeah, how you doing? <laughs> You up? <laughs> you wanna come over? So he's like, hey, I'm gonna double my fee. A hundred dollars. Which in 1980s money is like, I don't know, five thousand dollars, I think. Oh my god. So she's like, yeah, a hundred bucks? I'll fucking show up for that. In the 1980s, a hundred bucks is a lot. I mean, I don't know. Even 2020. What am I kidding? I'd do shit for a hundred bucks. So, uh, <laughs> he says that he wants to make this as painless as possible for her. Which, uh, we'll see how that works out. Uh, so she's on her way there, but she doesn't have a car. So Greta Gerwig's got to drive her. She's waiting outside of her dorm room, listening to, uh, They Don't Write Them Like That Anymore, uh, the John Mellencamp song. Yeah. And, uh, this is the portion... That's right. Yeah, that's a, a flawless impression. Thanks. Uh, this is the portion of the movie where we start getting uh, endless information about the eclipse that's about to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of so, which that Greta says one of my favorite lines. Where, although I don't remember if this took place in the car ride or if this took place in the restaurant, but she's like, "It's all these people are so invested in this eclipse. Like they're all like saying, you 'You're gonna go watch the eclipse.' Burr. Yeah, that was definitely in the car. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> See, I'm paying attention. Yeah, no, she was listening to it on the radio, and she's like, everybody keeps talking about this eclipse. Which, like, I've lived through quite a few eclipses in my time, and, like, most of them kind of come and go without anyone saying anything. It's true. Most of them, in fact, I'd say about 90% of them are underwhelming. I would say that, like, for most eclipses, like, you go to work, and then someone's like, hey, how about that eclipse tonight? And you're like, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Get the fuck away from me. I would say that that's like my primary experience with eclipses. <laughs> we... But apparently they go wild for him in this universe. It's like, because I mean, like later it is literally leading like nighttime news. Yeah, they go, they do, they go fucking crazy for it. I don't, I don't understand why, but it's, it's pivotal. It's definitely means something in this movie. Yeah. All right, so while they're listening to the eclipse, Greta Gerwig offers to go with her to the babysitting job because, uh, hey, this is the middle of nowhere, and uh, she doesn't know these people, and uh, they were kind of creepy before. You would say that she's being actually a very decent friend. Yeah, yeah, and to stress how middle of nowhere it is, she says uh, the line, I had to look at a map. <laughs> so where whereabouts in Connecticut do you think they are? Uh, I mean, like... I can tell from looking at certain places like the cemetery and stuff that it's in Norfolk. Oh, really? 
Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that the uh, the main house is like in the middle of Norfolk. Damn, that's, that's, a, the... that's a drive from like Central. Uh, yeah, that's about like 45 to minutes to an hour, I'd say. Yeah. Would you say? But, it... Yeah, that's that's why they're staying in Torrington. You know, central location to both. Then. That's a good point. Uh huh. Hey, put us on the map. It's also at this point that Greta Gerwig uh, informs Samantha that. Uh, she was so in love with her idea about ripping down those flyers that she just went ahead and fucking did it. Yeah, see, she took care of the trash. Mm-hmm. I... <laughs> she did, yeah. Although it did inspire them to call her back, I guess. Although, who knows how many people... I mean, like, the plan here is not great to be like, somebody's got to call us back today. <laughs> <laughs> I It's... It's just one of those kind of things where it's like, yeah, it's a genius plan. Only if, like, you grab a fucking paper that's missing, like, I don't know, four out of the five nubs on it, where it's like, oh, fuck, well, at least, like, a few of those people called, I'm sure. Eh, fuck yeah. it. Yeah, we had some things to say about the schemes of uh, the uh, the community in Midsommar, and uh, I think we'll have to, uh, towards the end of this, uh, compare the uh, relative schemes of... Uh, of this group here to that one. But um, Samantha offers that because they live in the country, it proves that the family is normal enough to have real jobs, which is, uh, I guess, you know, if you own a house, she's like, you can't be that bad. But, like, I don't know, plenty of assholes own houses. I guess so. I mean, what was the uh, what was the housing market like back then? Good? I don't know, but, like, you, there's a lot of stories about, like, I don't know, like, people who kidnap people and like put them in their basements like where are those basements located they're in houses (laughs) so what you're saying is most serial killers are at least outstanding employed uh taxpayers that at least you know they do their part i wouldn't say most because actually i don't want to get too real with this but they do have difficult Serial killers have a difficult time holding down jobs, but like some are. It's not, <laughs> you can't sit like if this was an SAT question, you were like, like, do all people who own houses are not serial killers? Like, no, that doesn't track. <laughs> I wouldn't say like a significant people who own houses are serial killers, but like some people who own houses are serial killers. I'd say about like forty percent, maybe. Plus, you don't know, like, the serial killer could just have a house left to them. <laughs> like, it doesn't take, especially in America, then, it doesn't take skill to inherit things. doesn't take skill to be a serial killer either, I think. Yeah, no, like, he could be outside, like, cutting the heads off frogs, and then, like, you know, <laughs> mom passes away. I'm like, who knows, maybe he killed her. Now he's got a house. See, he's a serial killer. <laughs> it's perfect. It's easy. Maybe we're getting too far afield because that's not the situation here. But no. I just want you people to think if that if you're using that as your reasoning. All right, so they drive by a cemetery and then they they pull up on the house of the devil, and uh, Greg Gerwig gets out of the car with her and they both go to the door. And uh, the guy who comes to the door is uh, at first we don't see his face, but he is fucking massive, he's and he's skinny as shit. And then he uh, right away creepily comments that they're uh, such beautiful girls, both. <laughs> Not a weird comment to say at all. I'm pretty sure if I took the flyer and his babysitter's like, you're very beautiful girls, and I'm out. 
Yeah. <laughs> Keep your I mean, like, I know he can't help it because, like, he's just creepy to begin with. But, like, I would try to, like, maybe, like, keep that down a little bit for the initial meeting. But he's just like, ah, like, the plan is foolproof. I'm just going to be me. <laughs> just got to do me. You're beautiful, baby. Oh, shit. Did I say baby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is all playing out. We're, like, waiting in the door. <laughs> They're like, well, he did promise 100 bucks. I'm just going to ignore all of this. Uh, so he takes them into the greeting room, and uh, he's leaning on a cane pretty heavily there. And uh, he keeps mentioning how busy they are because of the eclipse, which uh, inspires Greta Gerwig to ask him if he's a teacher or an astronomer, to which both he uh, responds, no, not exactly, which is like, you you could just say yes, like, if you're lying, like, you don't, you don't have to be honest with them, he seems to have a policy of, like, brutal honesty, but only so far. It's like, uh, some would say teacher, sure. He's like, yeah, I'm trying to trap a college girl, but, like, I'm not a liar. <laughs> I got standards. Uh, so, anyways, Skeletor asks Samantha to, uh, join him in the next room, and Greta Gerwig obviously is like, no, don't, like, fucking go there. But, uh, she needs the cash, so she's going ahead for it. And, uh, he looks sad as he's like, hey, I'm only paying for one of you to be murdered. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I mean, to babysit. Listen, I could try to murder both of you, but I feel like it would be easier to murder just one of you. Yeah. Do you understand? It's <laughs> brutally honest. And she's like falling all over herself to toss Gerwig out. So she's like, fuck that. She's just my bride. She's out of here. <laughs> like, don't even worry about it. And he mentions that his wife's on edge about the whole situation. And, uh, but now he's got some news, and it's not great news. Because it turns out she's not really watching a kid so much as an old lady. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's fucked. That's absolutely fucked. Right, which is already a situation where I'd be like, oh, no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's funny? Like, at first I was sitting there and, I, you know, he drops the bomb. And I'm thinking to myself, is that really that much of a big difference? And I'm thinking about it. Yeah. No, babies can't really hurt you. Elderly people, when you try to take care of them, they can hurt you. <laughs> I mean, look at the dude's face, too. Skeletor's face has, like, cuts on it and shit. So, like, if I was, like, Sam and I saw that, I'd be like, oh, so this, your mother, Claws, huh? Yeah, no thanks. This does bring up more questions about their scheme, too, because I guess he's telling her it's an old lady to keep her out of the locked room. Because if you're, like, saying, like, oh, no, it's a kid, but uh, don't worry because they're locked in the room. Like, yeah, that's that's got nothing to do with you. That's Just even... don't check on the kid. I don't know. That's even more fucked up. Like, oh, yeah, God, so I guess, <laughs> I guess old lady works better, but I'm circumspect because uh, now he's got to raise his price. Yeah. So from, like, like, one to four. He's, like, two, three hundred. She's, like, four hundred, which is... I mean, she should have held out for more because <laughs> of what's about to happen, but... I don't know, 400's pretty tasty. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, that'll cover rent, and, like, she'll have more for pizza later. Yeah. Which is... Because, you know, I... them college kids do that pizza. I would also like to note that while this is happening, Greta Gerwig's in the other room, 
trying some candy, and she's doing like a vaudeville bit with that. We're like the first one. She's like, Bleh. then the second one, she's like, oh, mama like, and she puts a couple in her pocket to take she, home. She fucking eats candy like a sociopath. She like bit into like half of it, and I'm like, who the fuck eats candy like that? You put the you whole can't... goddamn thing in your mouth. Look, she's a delicate lady, and she can't commit to a whole chocolate. Like, you gotta know what you're getting into. And that just shows why her character is so much different from Samantha. She's not gonna commit to a whole thing before she knows exactly what the situation is, as shown with the candy. That's so fucking weird. Goddamn sociopath. So, um, Samantha is telling Gerwig that she's gotta split now. And Gerwig's pissed. She's like, this is so fucking stupid. Are you fucking serious? You're gonna stick around, dude? And she's like, no, no, no. But, like, did you notice the four or five vices that my roommate has? Like, I obviously have to do this. The cocaine. Like, if if it was one or two, sure. Like, I would probably go home with you. But five? Five, Greta? That's too many. Greta, she keeps snorting my cocaine. I need that $400 to buy more cane. Well, she's snoring and making a mess. It's just, it's a fucking, it's a tragic situation. That's what it is. It is. So Greta's off. She's angry. So she's heading to the cemetery to smoke it off, like you do. Mm -hmm. So she pushes in her lighter, and then all of a sudden this lumberjack-looking fuck comes out of nowhere to light her cigarette. Yeah. And he's got a real fucking attitude right from the start. He kind of (laughs) does. Like, he's like, yeah, I tried to write, light your cigarette, you fucking jerk, basically. <laughs> Which, like, again, I would come back to, like, their scheme is to, like, try to, uh... Because he, he thinks she's the babysitter initially. Yeah, he, like, he asks her, are you the babysitter? And she goes, no, that's my friend. And then a split second after, bang! He fucking... Oh, yeah, no, he does not hesitate. Once he finds out she's not the babysitter, he just blows her face off. Yeah, it's pretty insane. I I was like, oh, oh shit, okay, now yeah, the then, movie is alive. And then the lighter pops out, and he uses it to light his cigarette, and he uh, he lights it and smokes it over her uh, her now dead body. <laughs> but but what so what were you about to say though before I I jumped ahead about him blowing her brains out? Just that like if your scheme is to like entrap these people in this situation where they need to be around till midnight, like. Well, it was just give him more of a soft touch in the beginning. Like, you don't start off with, like, wow, I tried to light your cigarette and you were a real bitch about it, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, it seemed pretty sudden, too. I was just like, uh-huh, yeah, not the babysitter. Bang! Wow. And good night. <laughs> yep. So that's that's the end of the Gerwig chapter. <laughs> so, basically, we know Samantha's in this house, and we know there's trouble. We don't know the specifics yet, but uh, here we go. We go back to the house, and Skeletor gives her half the cash up front. And uh, this is when he starts getting into it about uh, where she can order pizza from and how much college kids love pizza. <laughs> and uh, he seems, like, really into this idea. Like, he's like, yeah, I know how much you college kids love pizza. Love that precious succulent pizza <laughs> right and she's like like firstly creepy and secondly it's true <laughs> she's true i'm horny for pizza all the time so he goes upstairs at this point and has a weird argument that like we can't quite hear but uh we assume it's with his wife except uh the wife pops out of the basement while this is happening and uh 
Well, surprise, surprise, she's pretty fucking creepy, too. Yeah, she looks a lot like, uh, fucking what's-her-face from the Adams Family. Morticia. Morticia? Yeah. She's got a Morticia kind of look to her. Except not as hot. I agree with you there, but I would like to say no more on the subject. <laughs> I'll leave it there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Angelica Houston, hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so she thanks Samantha for agreeing to uh, to watch her mother, quote-unquote. And Samantha says, hey, I'm glad to do it. And the wife's like, hmm. Are you? Just like, <laughs> like, yeah, no, sell your bit better. Like, don't let her know that, like, something's up. They're pretty horrible actors, I won't lie. It's like all I red think... flags just popping up. Just bam, bam, bam. They're all so excited about the reveal later that they're just like, I just like, I have to tell, no, no, forget it. But like, you would want to know, no, no, but, but maybe it's later. really gonna shock you. <laughs> you're really gonna love it, or maybe it's hate like, it. Even the worst thing you're imagining, it's like way worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I can't wait to see your face. Okay, I'll see you at midnight. <laughs> Don't die before. Wait, who said anything about dying? Shit, I'm sorry. Yep, yep. And the wife uh, talks to her about how young she thinks uh, she looks. And then she starts creeping her out about speculating about how much uh, boys would uh, like to fuck her. Oh. She's like, the boys must love you. Samantha's like, I guess. Like none of this talk is about pizza. The only thing I'd like to talk about. It went from talking a lot about pizza to boys fucking me. <laughs> Still not a red flag though. <laughs> Down vote <laughs> in thirty years. <laughs> so they they like to there's stress because uh, the husband comes back down now not to disturb the old lady. They're like she likes some privacy, so like don't fucking don't go in there. Just don't. Sure, that makes life way easier. Mm -hmm. So they take off, and she watches them leave out the window. And uh, for some reason, it fades to black, which was I thought was a weird decision. Hand and a movie. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like crazy, right? She got 400 bucks. It's the story of a girl who made a pretty good deal. <laughs> but she didn't get her pizza, though. They're like, why is this the house of the devil? Be like... Oh, it's just like there's there's problems with it. Like the roof needs to be replaced. Yeah, it, <laughs> Do you know how expensive that is? It's got mold now. Yeah, guys, look at the house. I mean, like clearly it's not. It's it's definitely seen some better days since like the 1840s. You know. Yeah. No, there's a crack in the foundation. I don't know. Like, <laughs> could be a big deal. You know what I mean? You got to reset the whole thing. We're gonna no have. Thing. We're gonna have to wait to the sequel, House of the Devil Two. Oh fuck. I don't have enough money to get this contractor out. <laughs> that is a problem. <laughs> Alright, so while Samantha's alone, she tries to call Gerwig a couple times, and it turns out that Greta Gerwig has one of those like super annoying messages where uh, she pretends to pick up at first, which is like, Hello? I'm just kidding. I'm not here. Leave a message after. Bye. She's the originator of the bye. I'll have you know. Yeah, no, it was a, a lot of bish by in there. Bish, I just got my brains blowed out. I'll talk to you later. Bye. So after this, Samantha decided she's getting that sweet, sweet pizza. <laughs> sweet, succulent pizza. Uh, and I'd like to note that uh, 
while she's talking to the pizza guy, she has to yank on the cord as far as it can go to get the address for the house, which I thought was a nice 1980s touch. The nice road... What the fuck are they called? The road rotodial? What the fuck? It's not, it's not a rotary phone. It's not a rotary not phone. Not a rotary phone. Those are much older. It's just a cord phone. That's all. No, it was one of those fucking, like... Oh, it was one of those, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. you're right. See? Uh, I was paying attention. Yeah, you, no. You fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm roasted. <laughs> There's nothing else that this movie's providing. It was utterly fucking boring so like how oh, dare you we'll get to your thoughts at the end for now i'm going to walk you through point through painstaking point oh fuck uh also the pizza guy makes a lover boy reference are you familiar with lover boy then no i'm not lover boy is a 1980s movie where patrick dempsey was a pizza delivery guy yeah who was actually a male prostitute yeah, no, I remember. I remember this movie now. I, I... <laughs> yeah, so he asks her if she wants extra anchovies, and she's like, "What? No." So that was basically her giving her the eggplant emoji. <laughs> what? That was was that really like a callback to that? Where he's like, "Yo, do you want, yeah, no, because you want the peen." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yes, that's that's the long and short answer. Is yes, that's that's what he was asking. Oh. See, there were some hidden delights in this, man. It was. <laughs> Alright, so uh, when she's done ordering the pizza, she starts walking around the uh, the creepy dark house looking for some lights, and uh, she hauls all her shit into the living room, and then uh, she starts... This is a whole part of the movie where they start establishing the space of the house yeah. to give you an idea where everything is, and uh, which is really good. So she's looking around, she goes in a billiard room, uh, she tries out... Uh, the organ out front and she actually plays uh, heart and soul which is the song that uh, tom hanks and robert logia play in big on the uh, the piano so another 1980s reference there one of the most iconic like 1980s movie scenes yeah um so she heads upstairs and there's kind of a funny moment where she uh, sits in an office chair and puts on these like old old ass like glasses yeah they look like fucking uh, what's her face's glasses from The Incredibles. Was it? Oh yeah, Edna Mole. Yeah, Edna Mole. <laughs> she did look kind of like Edna Mole. You're right. <laughs> and she checks out some trophies there, and because uh, I didn't realize what the score was, I was like Satanism trophies? Question mark. So uh, after this, she's done snooping. So well, let's do some schoolwork then, huh? And then immediately she's like, Nah, fuck that. It's snack time. Uh, so she flips on the TV to uh, what I assume is the 24-hour Eclipse Network, because they got more Eclipse talk. They said they're horny about pizza and they're horny about Eclipses in this movie. Yeah, no, the local news is like all about the Eclipse. They're like, oh yeah, no, at midnight, it is going down. <laughs> what do you think? Eclipse, Eclipse. What do you think they're hoping for out of this Eclipse? You know what, I feel... I don't know. I was just realizing that they really missed an opportunity to play Total Eclipse of the Heart in this movie. I feel like that really would have tied it all together. That, that oh yeah, that song. Well, no, that song was in the '90s, wasn't it? Total Eclipse of the Heart. No, that's definitely a 1980s song. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, that's all right. So, um, what's on after this is Frightmare Theater, but she's not into that. Oh. Probably because she's staying in a creepy house by herself. 
So she puts on her Walkman, and then she listens to uh, one foot in front of the other. All right. Sweet TV song. And it's montage time. That's right. So she's playing some pool. This is what this fucking. This is what the fucking movie needed was some exciting montage. Did you not like this? Because like honestly, um, I watched this movie originally like nine years ago, and this is one of the only scenes I remember other than like the end, and like the stuff. I was like. In my head, this movie is filed like central exclamation point, and then it's like girl dances around houses with her Walkman, uh-huh. <laughs> and like and then like all the stuff at the end. Um, nah, I just oh, and Gerwig getting her face blown off. I always remembered that pretty well. I because just... even before it happened, I, I told Christina, who's my wife, I was like, oh, he's gonna ask if she's the babysitter, and right away when she says no, he's just gonna blow her fucking face off. Because it's the type of thing that when it happens, you're like, oh, what? There was no time? Yeah. There was no time re- to sort this out? He's just, like, ready to go? He's like, all right, cool. That's the secret word. Bang! No, like, um, I, I, I'll explain a little bit later about how I okay. feel. But um, what I like in the middle of this montage is while she's dancing around, she uh, kind of opens up the basement door, and she's, like, strutting around and looking. And she, like turns the light on and just kind of looks down the stairs and then uh, just kind of turns and goes, nah, and closes the door. (laughs) Fair enough. I don't want to go to that fucking basement. (laughs) (laughs) This is all fun and oh, fuck that creepy basement. (laughs) I should note too that like when I say she's dancing around the house, like she is really into it. Like she is moving around. Yeah, she's definitely Andy Samberging it up like in Hot Rod. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, (laughs) Unfortunately, she gets a little too overzealous, and uh, she manages to break a vase by thrusting her hip out. It's all fun and games till you break a very expensive vase. So she uh, she goes to the closet to get a dustpan, and uh, while she's in there, she finds like the same closet that he finds in Get Out because there's photos of a different family in the house in there, in, in a garbage bag. <laughs> so this is like an exposition closet. Still not a red flag. Right. If she went to, like, purely garbage bag closet, it would have been fine. But this is one that reveals things about the plot, so... Maybe... I heard I heard a joke recently where uh, a guy was saying that his friend went to a party. And there was always, like, some guy that they went to. There was always something stolen from his house, like a, a family item. So then, like, years later, he went back to, like, his other friend's house... And he's got, like, all these random photos of, like, different families. And he asked the guys, like, why do you fucking have these? He goes, oh, I took these from all the parties I went to. Because memories are irreplaceable. <laughs> he said, guys, are fucking weird. That's some dark shit, man. That's some real dark shit. Um, all right, I gotta shake that one off. <laughs> All right, so I want to point out that uh, finding the photos of a different family in the house is uh, kind of uh, undercuts the main pillar of her argument about why they can't be that weird. Because they're like, uh, they own the house. It's like, no, they don't own the house. Somebody else owns this house. Uh-oh. So she heads outside with the photo to compare it to the house and like, no, it's, it's, it's this house. <laughs> and I got, I got more bad news. Now there's a kill van out there. And uh, so we know now that the the creepy lumberjack he's on the grounds. He's, so she he's tries made it. Yeah, <laughs> he's in the fray. For love of God, don't say you're not the babysitter. <laughs> like, 
I mean, it's pretty clear she's the babysitter. <laughs> she's at the house. So maybe she's safe? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so she tries to go awake again, and still nothing's happening. So she goes ahead, and she's like, well, fuck this. It's time to protect myself. She grabs a knife, because she's not fucking around, Finn. She's like, it's 9 o'clock, and I'm stabbing. <laughs> but also, because all of this, I guess, has made her a little bit nervous, she's got to pee now. As one does. Once you grab a knife, you know, it's action time, and you're like, oh, now I gotta pee. And I like this as a little touch. She does the classic move when you're in a house that you don't know that well, where she uh, she lays the toilet paper down as a guard. It's like, yeah, yeah, my cheek's not touching that. No, I do that anywhere that I sure. go sure. outside of my own house. I don't trust public restrooms of any shape or form. I mean, now more than ever, Vin. Yep, topical. (laughs) So, while she's peeing, she hears something moving around the house, which is not good. There's a bunch of ominous noises. So, she starts creeping around the house with the knife, and she calls out for the old lady while she's hiding the knife behind her back, which is a pretty funny visual. Did she get, like, the old lady's, like, name? Uh, I I don't remember. I think she's just, like, ma'am. It's like, ma'am, uh, you okay, ma'am? The fight. You okay, old lady? <laughs> like, old lady. <laughs> old lady, you okay? Skeletor's mother-in-law, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I do want to point out that there's like a really great shot of her uh, silhouetted with the knife coming up the stairs. Mm-hmm. I just really like that shot. It's beautiful. It's a nice shot. So, uh... We cut into the room where the old lady allegedly is, and I got more bad news, Ben, because the family from the photos is still there. <laughs> <laughs> but they're butchered, and they're uh, kind of stacked up in the middle of a pentagram. Is that that, mo- <laughs> is that that point, too, is when she goes, is everything all right? Yeah. Is that the yeah. dead body's whisper? Oh, <laughs> pretty bad. <laughs> so as we see the bodies in the pentagram, this is where I noted that I guess this is where we find out that the uh, the title card at the beginning wasn't just a fun bit of trivia. <laughs> <laughs> so it appears we're dealing with some Satanists. Okay. <laughs> so she creeps up on the attic door, and uh, while she's creeping up there, there's uh, the doorbell rings for jump scare, which is pretty scary, actually. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's actually not a bad jump scare because there was not really many jump scares in this movie, and like that was this pretty well placed because there was a lot of tension building to that moment. So it's it was a stuff. lot of tension. I mean, the whole movie was a lot of tension. So, do you remember why the doorbell rang then? No, because that fucking pizza's here. It's time to pizza party, motherfucker. <laughs> so she does manage to recover while she's eating the pizza. That sweet, sweet pizza. No, not really. She eats the pizza, and then she's got, like, a look of disgust on her face. Like, that pizza tastes like shit, too. Yeah, well, no, like, obviously she enjoys the pizza on a certain spiritual level that doesn't include the actual taste of the pizza. No, that's not true, folks. She ends up spitting it out in the fucking sink and washes her mouth out. Yeah, did you notice what happened then? Because uh, that's uh, pretty interesting for later, too. No, I didn't. So maybe save that for later. Well, okay. <laughs> so while she's eating the pizza and not enjoying it, the lumberjack is uh, clearly looking at her through the window. We get a POV shot of him creeping around in the bushes. 
so she goes back in and she tries uh, Gerwig's number again, and now it's not even in service, which I, I don't really understand why that's the case, but... Yeah, that... <laughs> or maybe she tried the number that they gave her where they said they were going to be and it wasn't in service, which again is like... That's... Oh man, you gotta, you gotta come up with a better scheme. <laughs> They're like, we didn't really think she was going to call the fucking number. We thought she was just going to be hung up on that sweet pizza and that was it. I mean, like you, you got like just find a payphone in town, like park your ass there, and then like wait for it to ring. I don't want look. I don't want to give you Satanists like better ideas on how to conduct yourselves, but I just feel like I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they went out on the night of town, and then we're just like, okay, game time after this. I'm gonna go to Olive Garden, fuck these breadsticks up, and then do some weird Satan, satanic shit after. So well. <laughs> You're always threatening to do that when you start the night at Olive Garden, so... Alright, so after this, she gets freaked out and she dials 911, but she hangs up right away. Uh, and then 911 calls her back immediately and lectures her, which uh, the movie would be kind of over after this if it took place now, because they just send cops out if you fuck around. I've done that once before. I was taking a nap on the couch and I pocket-dialed 911, and I was like, oh, fuck... And I hung up, and they called back, and I was like, yeah, it was a mistake, and they still sent them out. And I was like, yeah, no, yeah. I, I pocket-dialed you. It's okay. <laughs> Can I give you a little bit of trivia on who the 911 operator is? Sure. It would be Lena Dunham of Girls fame. Really? That's right. Huh. Yeah. No kidding. How about that? That's it. That's all I got. How about that? Uh, I also wanted to point out that the knife that she was using... Uh, she, to uh, maybe kill whoever is trying to get her, she just uses to cut up the uh, the pepperoni pizza that she's having. It's convenient. <laughs> so she tries to turn the TV back on, but uh, Night of the Living Dead is on, and I guess she's seen it because she turns it off. I don't know. Maybe she's just kind of spooked, and she was like, "Nah, not in the mood for that." Right? Think of it like that. Yeah, I guess that, yeah, no, if, if I'm in a creepy house, I don't want to watch horror movies no, either. for sure. And if she saw those dead bodies in those other rooms, she would definitely not want to watch that. Yeah, no, I would not be in the mood then. I'll tell you what, <laughs> I would be in a very cranky mood. Oh, no, dead bodies. I'd be like, well, this ruined my day. Not even two pizzas can save this. Or the eclipse that we're all waiting on. But that $400 definitely still will uh, It softens it... the blow. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> It's four hundred dollars. Is four hundred dollars? Dead bodies or not? Like I'll tell you what. If I didn't get four hundred dollars, I would be pretty upset about this situation. Listen, if it was back at one hundred dollars, I would be out of here. Oh no, she would be making a very stern phone call at that point. But for four hundred dollars, certain things slide. Uh, so she refills her water, and she hears some weird noises in the pipes, and. It's also at this point that uh, she makes like a weird like bleh, bleh, like face when she's like having the water, and that's going to be important in like a scene, and I will tell you why when we get there. Uh, so she heads back upstairs and she's turning all the lights on in the house as she goes down the hall, and uh, she goes into the upstairs bathroom where she finds a bunch of hair in the bath, and I think when I say that that like you might have a picture in your mind of like. Oh, yeah, like, everyone has hair in their bath. But what I mean is, like, full strands of hair in the bath. Yeah, clumps. We're talking about handfuls. Yeah, it's like a wig's worth, I'd say. 
So she's like, all right, well, time to head to the attic then, because I don't like this. And uh, she pulls the, the light bulb. Which is the best spot in the house to go to when I don't like this. I'm going to go to the creepy attic. Fuck that. Run. No, she's looking for the higher ground, Vin. Uh, maybe you saw a little movie called Revenge of the Sith. She's definitely uh, Anakin in this uh, version then. <laughs> I think that's fair, but <laughs> we'll have to talk about it later. Uh, so she pulls the light bulb at the top of the stairs. And then all the electricity goes out in the house, which which is bad. Yeah, it's very bad. Cause then <laughs> it's the not movie, good. Because then the movie snaps into, like, the weird, eerie music. Uh-huh. And then, uh, yeah, tension starts really rising at this point. Yeah, so she scurries back down the hall because there's some footsteps up in the attic. And uh, guess what? You know why the water tasted weird, Vin? Because it's fucking drugged. That's why all of a sudden she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh. Yeah, it's good shit, right? No, I had Little no details. I so I was sitting there watching the movie, and she was like kind of fainting, and I was like, "Is she fainting because she sees a hand coming out of this door? Like, what the fuck is going on?" No, no, no. She got drugged. Wow. Might have been the pizza too. I don't know if the pizza guy was in on it. We didn't get a look at him. The pizza guy was uh, the um the, the lumberjack. That, yeah, the lumberjack guy. Oh, I didn't. I didn't get a good look at. It. Yeah, so maybe he right. drugged the pizza. Yeah, it seems seems fair. That would explain why she was like, ugh, doesn't taste good. Yeah, there you go. So okay. She stumbles down the hall and she passes out. And uh, suddenly we're flashing on a red moon. And then we're flashing on her on a pentagram. So This is why this people is... love the eclipse. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Satan time. <laughs> Sweet Satan. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, she's on a pentagram, and she's screaming and gagged, uh, and not having a good time, quite obviously. And guess what? Skeletor and his wife are back, and they brought robes! Pizza guy's there, too. Well, Lumberjack, yeah. And they got a friend who... I'm not sure how to describe this... I don't want to say person. I thought this was supposed to be the grandmother. I think so, right? It's uh, I, like I might call her the horrifying witch mother. Yeah, no, she's she definitely has a, like, witch features on her. Yeah, she's sort of humanoid, but also has very non-human characteristics. I'm trying to think of a sci-fi creature that she best resembles. She's got a weird like. Looks like a st- strangely like smooth face with like I don't know triangle shaped eyes or something. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, very like rounded features, but like very innered angular like eyes. Like her eyes. You know what? You know what she looks like. She looks like a cat face, but like if you removed all the fur. Yes. There you go. Oh, that's perfect. Okay. Yeah. So cat so, face grandma. Right. Bald cat face witch mother. <laughs> So she gives her a sniff, too, and pulls up the rope, and then she draws a pentagram on her belly in blood, and then uh, she takes out a goat skull, which is pretty sweet, and she cuts her wrist to fill the uh, the goat skull with uh, blood, and then she gives her a little more blood on the forehead, you know, just to uh, really wrap things up. So and then she... boy is, she's like, you know, kind of gingerly painting on her. I'm just wondering myself when when all cultists and Satanists when they're drawing their symbols, what happens is that they fuck the symbol up. 
Like they, they like they gotta get a new girl. They just <laughs> get a they fucking blow her face off and toss her on top of Gerwig, and they're like, "We really gotta hustle now." Is that, is that why they killed like the people that lived there initially? They fucked up all the symbols, and it was practice. Yeah. Like, god damn it! They're like, "Lumberjack guy, you don't get to draw the symbols anymore. You keep fucking them up." Oh, guys! It's like uh, the truth is, I like to kill them. <laughs> You scamp. <laughs> so go, go on. So she drinks the uh, the blood from the uh, goat skull, unwillingly, obviously. <laughs> and then she rides around jerking herself free, and uh, she scratches the witch face. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she runs away, well, and then goes for Skeletor's bad knee to get herself escaped. <laughs> Which was smart, you know, you go for your... Your enemy's weaknesses. Doesn't she stab him? She stabs him in the stomach. Yeah, she does that too. She takes that like that knife that uh, the witch uh, grandmother had, and he s- stabs him in the stomach. Stabs Skeletor. Uh huh. I think she kicks his leg too, though. At the same time. Let's <laughs> well, just so pour now... salt into the wound. You already stabbed the man. All right, and now the, the lumberjack's on her, and she gives him a thumb to the eye, the old rake of the eyes. Mm-hmm. And uh, she draws blood there. And then as she's heading out the door, she trips over Gerwig's body. Yeah, shit's like caved in just like that fucking uh, old dude in freaking Midsummer. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Similar like that. It's kind of funny how you think about that. Because like a gun and a sledgehammer really shouldn't produce the same kind of uh, outcome. (laughs) They should look pretty different, but I guess it's pretty standard for like... Damn it, I just loaded up my gun with these hammer bullets <laughs> instead of regular ones. I'll just say, like, if I smashed a hundred heads with the sledgehammer and shot a hundred heads with a gun, and then I was like, can you tell the difference? Like, I think you probably could. I feel like the pattern would present itself pretty quickly. <laughs> but anywho, so she after she trips over Gerwig's body, she grabs her trusty knife, and the lumberjack's in pursuit now. And he just fucking shoots her <laughs> to stop her. Because this dude doesn't fuck around when it comes to guns. He's just like, it's always shoot first, ask questions later as far as I'm concerned. Kicked off when pissed off when he was slipping on all that blood, too. They were slip sliding all over the place. That blood got everywhere. Yeah. So she's <laughs> down for a second, but she, like, sells uh, wounds like The Undertaker. Because she's back up to uh, slit his throat pretty immediately. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. And then the wife comes out, and she's sad. And I was like, oh, right, she said that they had a son, so obviously that's their son. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the wife chases her upstairs, and uh, meanwhile, Samantha's having these weird flashes with the witch face, like, kind of encroaching on her. Yeah. And uh, she looks down at her belly, and where the pentagram was, there's now, like, blue veins there. So uh, the wife tells her, uh, yeah, this is going to happen whether you like it or not. Just like rape. What? Yeah, but, we kind of raped you, but not really. Kinda? I mean, kind of. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, pretty clearly. They, they put a baby in her and she doesn't like it. Uh, <laughs> pretty standard definition. Just a more uh, satanic version of rape. So the wife breaks off the... Oh, what's cool with the word? <laughs> the wife breaks it off to be... Uh, to uh, go ahead and talk to uh, talk to the moon, <laughs> <laughs> like you do. Just having a uh, conversation with the moon. 
Meanwhile, she takes her wig off, and it turns out she's got, like, little strands of, like, white hair. But uh, because of this momentary distraction, she gets a knife for her troubles. <laughs> or in her back. <laughs> yep, yep. So that's it for her, and now it's eclipse time! The time we've all been waiting for. So uh, Samantha heads back down, she grabs the gun, she calls 911 again, now there's more face flashes. So she runs out of the house, covered in blood. And Skeletor, <laughs> he stumbles out, and he takes the knife out, which is a rookie mistake, because now there's blood pouring out everywhere. Yeah, you just... leave the knife in until people can secure the wound. Yeah, I was thinking it's... the same thing. I was like, oh, Skeletor, you must think you're going down tonight. Like, why would you do that? They're like, don't worry about it, dude. That knife's not going anywhere. Just leave it be for now. It's a good shot, though. As soon as he pulls it out, you see the blood dripping on the driveway, and you're like, yeah, he's fucked. Yeah. So she runs out into the cemetery where Skeletor follows her. Chasing and he her. wants to... Yeah, he's, he's, he's like, no, 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 I gotta explain, because, like, it's pretty perfect what's going she's down. Like, Samantha, wait. Samantha, I still need to give you that $400. <laughs> what? Yeah, this is, like, reverse of, like, the newspaper guy better off dead. It's like, $400 for you! I gotta give it to you, Samantha. <laughs> It's Samantha, no! Take it! <laughs> I need to give it away. It's a Brewster's Million situation. <laughs> it's the only way I can inherit, inherit three million. Uh, but so anyways, while they're in the cemetery, she starts hearing some creepy voices whispering, and he's like, they're calling to you. Listen to them. They're gonna get you, Margaret. So she lives the yeah, nice. <laughs> Night of the Living Dead. Nice. Uh so she she's like, ah, you know what? I'm gonna shoot you. And he's like, Yeah, 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 do it. Okay, I'm just a messenger. And then she points her gun at the moon. Like, I got it. I just gotta shoot the fucking moon. <laughs> <laughs> that pesky eclipse. That's it's, it's this is what's the problem. Yeah, it's in this situation that she realizes that uh, she's been impregnated, I think one can guess from context clues, with the child of Satan, and she's like, I got a better idea, and she shoots herself in the head. So Abrupt, very abrupt. We think that's the end of it, but now we're in a hospital then, and guess what? Eclipse News is back on TV, <laughs> you know what they gotta tell you? Yeah. It happened much quicker than normal. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> which which means they were awfully disappointed by it as well. Yeah, they're like, you know, instead of like the smooth, long eclipse we're all used to, this one was abrupt. But I mean, no. like, we weren't alive during like some of these earlier eclipses. Were they longer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's more bad news, though, and it's not on eclipse news. Samantha's alive. And clearly not conscious, but uh, her head is bandaged. And a nurse comes up to her to tell her that don't worry, her and her baby will survive. <laughs> and that's it, Vin. <laughs> I have any, the question that I need to ask you, because I picked this movie, is... Did I scare you? No, you actually kind of bored <laughs> me quite a bit. Alright, what, what did you think of the movie? Let's, let's, let's get into it. Um... It might have been just the mindset that I was in while watching the movie, where I was just like, it was late, 
and I was like, I want to get it done and watched and get my notes in so I can get this going. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'll give it a chance. But I just, I just don't, setup is good. Setup is, is, you know, it's, it's important because it gives you the, the, the flavor of your movie and it helps kind of, uh, drive the message home when we get to the good shit. But just, it felt like all of, like, the fucking world building and all of, like, the, the shit that was, like, you know, amping up to the end was just, oh, it was a drag. Oh, it just felt... And the movie was short, too. It was only an hour and, like, 40 minutes. It's a short movie. It was even shorter than that. It was, like, an hour and 35. I Yeah, I... It just felt long in that way of, like, all of the uh, the outside stuff building up to it. I think it's interesting that uh, the first movie I picked, Midsommar, it was two and a half hours long, and I was like, he's for sure going to get bored during this one. And instead, this hour and a half one, which like I thought was uh, was pretty taut, um, like like I thought it was pretty quick, and they get to everything fairly quickly. You were like, oh man, this is the boring one. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Too much pizza talk. It it just I don't know it felt like it took a while like I knew that there was some nefarious shit gonna happen it just it just felt like it took way too long to get to the point when it did get to the point it got really good it got really fucking wonky and crazy yeah you have to say that like the climax like everything that happens like uh, once she's on the pentagram like that all happens very quickly yeah no it was it was definitely awesome like I said there was some good good moments and like the pizza the the lumberjack guy shooting fucking uh greta in the face was pretty fucking insane (laughs) it felt so like fast but yeah no that's just like the the speed with which he decided to do that is like pretty shocking to like to i think because like you get used to certain rhythms in horror movies and there's a lot of like taunting and there's a lot of like like torture i have to tell you my nefarious plot not just like are you the babysitter? And she's like, no, and let me tell you. And then it was bang. It's like, I'm not not interested in anything after no. So the rest of that is extraneous information. <laughs> like I said, she said the magic word. I'm yeah, not no, he, he's like me at work where it's like if someone uses three sentences when they could use two words, I'm like, you better just stop talking at some point. <laughs> or I'm going to fucking shoot you. <laughs> I, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear i didn't say that no but i understand the impulse <laughs> we're living in very tense times right now folks it just it makes sense um right. I, I like i like the movie i think it's a really good movie yeah um, i think it's scary but i think that uh a lot of what i find i tend to find scary is more built up than like things actually happening anyways mm. and what I tend to find scarier in this movie is the parts of it where she's, like, creeping around the house. And we know something bad is happening, but we don't really know what yet. So it's sort of like, it's still, it's a creepy situation, but there's still a lot left to your imagination about, like, what could possibly happen. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, when they paid off with, like, what happens, it's like, that's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, like what I imagine is pretty bad, and like, yeah, that, that, that's 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 a little worse. That's a little worse than I was gonna give you. Yeah, like I said, it gets pretty buck wild at the end with the whole 
blood painting and weird uh, fucking bald cat grandma. <laughs> Although, to be fair, if the movie wasn't called The House of the Devil, I'm not sure that the, the, the Satanist stuff could have like come out of nowhere. It could have been somewhat misleading. I mean, well, what else would you name the movie to throw people off even more so? So, like, when you go into a movie called The House of the Devil and the first title card is about Satanism, you're like, well, a bunch of Satanists are going to show up at some point. I just don't know when. It's almost like you finger point them out. You're like, yeah, those are definitely Satanists right there, them old you folk. Know, <laughs> you know what would have been funny is if, like, they were serial killers in this house and then, like, Satanists show up later. And they're like, well, fuck, we got to band together to fight these Satanists. Would have been even crazier. Now we're now we're reinventing the movie. Would have been even crazier if it was like a, you know, Samantha showed up and she was like babysitting this grandmother, and it was a very <laughs> like whatever like normal thing, and then all of a sudden actual like real Satanists just show up unannounced and they're just different people. They're like, hey, what's going on? We're gonna resurrect Satan in this house. You cool with that? <laughs> No, you know what's even <laughs> would be even better is if they were Satanists in there, but because like obviously Eclipse is big in the Satanist community, like a rival Satanist gang comes and they're like, no, 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 we're going to impregnate her with Satan. We came here first, and now it's a Freddy vs. Jason situation where she's caught in the crosshairs. <laughs> Which Satanist cult will pull out first? Yeah. There can only be one. Well, I say pull out. I guess it would be pushing, wouldn't it? And on that illustrious note, uh, uh, here's a question we like to ask every time. Vinny, if you were any character in this movie, who would you be? Um, Because I'm, like, you know, not a man of action so much. I I kind of, uh, you know, tend to hide out if I hear any weird bumps or things in my own house. I feel like I'd probably be one of those family members that got fucking butchered and left in the fucking bedroom. <laughs> I would say that uh, I feel like when I was younger, I was definitely a Greta Gerwig type where I'd be like, I'm just going down tearing down stuff to help out friends, like whatever. But uh, now I'd probably be the person lecturing her about not using 911 properly. <laughs> I see. Because, <laughs> you know, you get older. You can't be tearing down flyers forever. Eventually, you got to tell kids how they're supposed to use stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. You grow All right, out then. of it. We're going to wrap up here with my pick. So now we're at the part of the podcast where you tell me what your pick is for the next episode. And I want to stress <laughs> that the point of this podcast is that we pick horror movies. Hence the title, Did I Scare You? So please, please tell me you did not pick a documentary again as you did last week. Well, that depends. Would you It really shouldn't. It really shouldn't depend. (laughs) It's pretty clear. Well, I did have this one. No, I'm just kidding. Um, So I'm going on kind of a trend where I want to kind of pick things that i have not seen before because i want fresh reviews and i want to save like the stuff that i know that i like for a little bit later so i'm picking a movie that i was really curious about the main character is one uh phil 
the main character of this movie is the one and only Phil. S- yeah, no, it couldn't be more clear. Uh, so obviously we're watching a movie about Phil no, and no. his many scary adventures. <laughs> well, some people call him Phil. Some people call him CM Punk. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we're going to be watching uh, Girl on the Third Floor. Now, this movie is actually available on Netflix. Is that correct? Yes, that is actually correct. I just looked it up today. Okay. All right. Phil Brooks, then. Yes, Phil was, Brooks. That was the name that you pulled your hamstring reaching for? Someone, some would know that out of me and you, but nobody else is gonna know that because I'm gonna edit that shit out. <laughs> well, fair <laughs> enough. All right, so we will be watching. And what was the title one? Uh, so the title is "Girl on the Third Floor." It is on Netflix. Yeah, it's gonna be a good time. Hopefully, I don't really know anything about it. All I know is that it is a thriller dash psychological horror. So that should be fun. I mean, there's certain things you can guess from the title. They're going to be in a place that has not one, not two, but three floors. And a girl and is on one. Presumably, a girl is on it at some point. Now, we don't know past or present or future. But, uh, all right. All right, Finn. Yeah, so that I, should be good. Uh, I'm just... glad that it's a horror movie, at least. Yeah, no, definitely. I, <laughs> I didn't want to do you dirty twice, back to back. No, I'm sure... I feel like this is a situation where you're going to, like, draw me in and make me feel easy with this one. And then the next time you're going to pick a documentary again and I'm going to be like, what's happening? Did somebody spike my pepperoni pizza? Because all of a sudden I'm stumbling all over this place ready to pass out. (laughs) Yeah. Let's let's just say that I I do have some uh, shit up my sleeve. So I'm in your head, motherfucker. All right, well, I'm looking forward to seeing what all that's going to be. But uh, for now, we will watch The Girl on the Third Floor. And uh, please join along with us if you can. And uh, I want to thank you for listening to Did I Scare You? I have been your host, Jake Albrecht. Hey, and I'm his brother, Vin. All right, and uh, thank you. And uh, please enjoy this outro music again by Rebel Escape Pod. Check them out on Spotify. Thanks. Bye. Never